On the Record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PwC on News Talk. Now, we're joined in the studio by Patrick Costello, TD for Dublin South Central. Uh, Patrick, thank you for coming in. I-, I was actually debating in the introduction whether I could describe you as a Green Party TD for Dublin South Central. Is that how you would describe yourself at the moment? That is exactly how I would describe myself, yes. Despite not being a member of the Greens Parliamentary Party, at least, for the next... But I am still a TD and I am still a member of the Green Party. So I am still an elected Green representative um, and I am still working away for the people of Dublin South Central. How do you feel about the events of the last uh, 10 or 11 days and being told that you're you're not a member of the, the Dáil Party for the next 24 weeks or so? Well, look, it's been a... <coughs> My gauge is just be closer into the microphone. Oh, sorry. sorry. Thank you. Is that better there? Sorry. Thank, yes, thank, you, um, thank you. Yeah, no, look, it's been a busy time. It's been a, a challenging time in some ways. Um, I've kind of just continued working. You know, I'm, I'm working for the people of Dublin South Centre, as I say, for the general public. Um, but I do think that it was very important what uh, uh, the vote we took... Um, For me, it was very much a fundamental issue. And, you know, yes, I voted against the government. Yes, I voted in favour of this motion. But it was, for me, a very fundamental issue and something that I had to do. So, look, I've lost the whip since then. I have been suspended from the party, as you Mm. say. uh, I've lost access to speaking time. um, Some of the party resources, like like researchers, like the press office, things like that. But, you know, the work goes on. um, And... I, I'm still doing what I can to raise the important issues and to, to represent my constituents and there are other ways I can get that work done. Uh, the vote took place on uh, Wednesday night. Um, how far in advance had you made up your mind about how you were going to vote and had you told the, the party leader or the party whip before that and, and what did they say back to you? Um, I I made my mind up finally that morning. Wednesday um, morning? Yeah, the Wednesday morning. And when I had done that... Uh, I I rang the whip and and informed him straight away. Mm. Um, what did he say back to you? Uh, he he ex- expressed his regret, um, and you know, like I think he understood that this wasn't a decision I had taken lightly. Um, he understood that this was was very important. We both understood that it was going to have serious consequences, um, and you know, uh, it was. Uh, frustrated but friendly collegial Mm. um, um, and he went to work so to speak Um, you know but yeah no no no, it was that yeah Um, How do you feel about the the magnitude of of what was done because you know there's other instances already in the lifetime of this government of Nassau Harrigan indeed Joe O'Brien who retained his ministry uh, who didn't vote in line with the government. They got a two-month ban on speaking time. It was during the summer recess, so it was pretty much a, a very symbolic slap on the wrist, but nothing more. This is your first infraction, and you're out for six months. Well, look, I said from the very beginning that I would accept the consequences, um, and these are the consequences, that, yes, I've six months suspension. Um, as I said, loss of the, the speaking time, loss of the party resources. But at the end of the day, for me, I think it was a very important thing to stand up on. Uh, what was it about the government stance that you had such concern about? Um, I think there were a couple of things that, that in relation to the decision. Fundamentally, I felt that it was a the wrong decision. I think it was a a step away from um, a rights based focus on healthcare, which is exactly where we should be moving towards. Um, you know, women's healthcare has long been neglected in this country, and I think we need to address that. And I was concerned that allowing the host- the deal to go ahead as it has was not 
really addressing that. Um, I was also very concerned about the implications this will have for Sláinte Care. You know, we are essentially investing um, 800 million into the status quo, into the continued uh, uh confused and confusing mix of public and private medicine and you know by by investing that much money into this hospital which is going to have a lifespan as we all heard during the debate of 50 to 75 years you're creating an anchor that will prevent slauncher care really being fully implemented mm. and as i say it's quite a significant investment into the status quo and i don't think every single party in the Dáil has pledged to implement and support Sláinte Care. It is the move that we have in our Green Party policy towards, you know, a single tier healthcare system. And, and this investment is, is status quo. Yeah. Um, did you make, I presume you did make those points too, figures in government, you tried to make them to the minister in advance of the vote? I, I through, the, through various channels, I raised my concerns, yeah, the parliamentary party and to other ways, yeah. Um, and evidently you found yourself coming up against a closed door. Well, I think this look, this is the nature of the decision. The decision was being made by Cabinet and I'm not, unfortunately, yet sitting at Cabinet. <laughs> um, is this very difficult? To, uh, I appreciate now I'm asking you this way in, in circumstances where at least for a short period you're not going to be able to do it, but people always wonder about how decisions get made or what sort of forum there is for, for backbench voices, particularly in a coalition that has three parties. Have you found that there is often a kind of a willing ear raised by cabinet ministers to the mood of people who are closer to the ground like yourself? Or is it a case that they have to try and focus on so many compromises with each other that they can't really take on board the concerns of the likes of yourself? Um, I think that's that's a very broad question. And I, I, I'm not sure I can give it anything but a very broad answer. Because really, I think it depends on... It depends on so many different factors. The the, the individual minister, um, the individual issue, um, how the, this, the decision is being made. So it varies from, from, from issue to issue. Um, if it is a piece of legislation, there's often a lot of engagement. Things that come out very far, from very far out. You can see things coming, mm. you know. Um, I know my colleague uh, Fran had a lot of success, in ga- as have others, engaging with Minister O'Brien around some of the housing legislation, for example, you know. Um, I know Roderick O'Gorman as well has taken listened a lot to to TDs in relation to the stuff he's bringing through uh, the Children's Committee and the Children's Legislation. Mm. I think with a decision like this, where it's purely in the hands of Cabinet, it is an executive decision. You know, there's less scope for mm. for that input for for that that compromise from backbenchers. Uh, I meant to ask, by the way, how did you learn of the suspension when it was handed down by your your PP members? Because I presume this was a meeting of the parliamentary party at which you were longer invited to attend so because there were some reports about finding out after everyone else did how did you learn about it um yeah no i we my we found out myself and nasa were were found out from uh reporters essentially um and i checked my phone and i saw the missed text uh, the missed call i saw the text um and you know it had gone out and that's how i heard about it so but you did discover when it was made public rather than getting any kind of a well I, yeah when it was made public I looked in I checked my phone at that point and that's where I saw mm-hmm. the missed call and the text um, somebody is is posing in a question here and I suppose maybe this is an illustration of the point you're making about um, you know executive power um, a listener has que- texted in with a question about whether you voted in favour of giving de- uh, developers 144,000 euro per apartment to incentivise them to build them because he thinks that vote was on the same day I don't think there was a vote on that was there 
Um, it's about the, the Cree corner herb. Yeah. Scene, yeah. yeah um, I don't think that was voted on, was it? I don't remember off the top of my head, yeah. unfortunately. Um, is your vote secure for the Green Party in the next six months? Obviously, you're not a member now of the Parliamentary Party, so you're not subject to the whip. But I suppose there's two ways of looking at it. Firstly, you don't want the Greens to end up tumbling out of government one way or another. But that also, if you want to get back into the fold in five and a half months' time, then you can't be seen to dirty your bib in the meantime. Well, look, I, as I said already, I am still a Green Party TD. Um, I, I'm still a member of the Green Party. There is still a climate emergency that we need to address and the party is in government trying to uh, address that climate emergency. And, you know, I want to be there to support them and it's my intention to support government, to keep voting with my uh, Green Party colleagues going forward. So if there was any concern about the government's theoretical majority now being down to the bare minimum because yourself and NASA can't be counted among the, the coalition's official numbers, certainly for your part, you intend to, to vote in, in line with the Greens and everything else as a I'm still a part member of the Green Party, yes. Are you concerned that there's other votes that might come down the way not too far away, like, for example, on Eamon Ryan's proposal to outlaw the industrial sale of turf, for which the government numbers even with yourself or NASA on board, could be very, very tight and that it might be the start of the government finding its way out of office. I Look, I think when you're in coalition, things are very difficult um, and there is an element of give and take and there is an element where you get what you can and it isn't perfect and you do have to make compromises. Um, for me... That was one thing I considered when making this, when making my choice, um, when weighing up the, the the consequences, when making my choice in the vote. I guess for me, this came down to to a very fundamental issue that I couldn't back away from, and I think, you know, the 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 messages of support from my constituents, from my members, from the wider public, uh, uh, back that back mm. up my position. Um, given that you don't have uh, the form of speaking side, by the way, I should ask you, you haven't been removed from any committee positions ordinarily, have you? Which, or have you? No. Which no. which would usually be one of the punishments that might happen in other parties that you'd basically have your, that job removed from you, but not in your case. Uh, no. So it can ha- yeah, it can happen. So, so, I do so you, can, you can speak then at committee level, but not, at, not, not in the dole formally. Is that it? Yes. Yes. Now, there are other things, um, other things such as the topical issues, which the speaking time is mediated through the Count Corliss office. Yeah. So I was able to stand up and speak in relation to uh, child and adolescent mental health services and the closure of Lynn yeah. Dara um, with some of my uh, the, the constituency colleagues, the other yeah. uh, TDs in the constituency. But it, it must then make it, though, it would constrain you a lot in, in wanting to raise things about child and adolescent mental health, which I know is, is a, a big concern of yours, or because you're the Green Party spokesperson on just you've had some concerns around the operations of the, the Data Protection Commission um, and not being having the forum at which you can raise those now. Yeah, like the, during the week there was statements in relation to journalists in conflict areas, you know, and I'd spent time as a human rights observer in Occupy Palestine and I would have liked to get up and talk about the murder of Shireen Abu Akbal. Um, I would have also liked to have raised the treatment by Morocco of journalists in occupied Western Sahara. And these are things I couldn't. But the thing is, any politician is going to find, any advocate for, for any cause is going, if they're creative and worth their salt, they'll find other avenues mm. to raise these. So yes, I can't talk about the Data Protection Commissioner in uh, the chamber, but I'm finding ways to do that through the committee. I, I may not be able to talk about uh, the murder of journalists by Israeli army 
in the chamber, but I can find other ways to do that and other ways to raise that issue. So in that light, then is actually much of a punishment then really at all, if you can find other ways to, to raise the same causes anyway. I think it is. I do think it is like I don't want to play it down. And, you know, there are other things that go with it in terms of access to the researchers um, access to 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 the press office. Um, but it is it is. It does make life harder. It does make the work more difficult. I, I can't mince my words on that. But at the same time, you know, I, I'm a campaigner. I've been elected to campaign on issues and I'm going to find ways to keep doing that. Even if it is harder, I will find ways to keep doing that um, and to keep working for the people of Dublin South uh, Central. The decision has been made in the meantime. So obviously it's it's kind of, it's it's water under the bridge maybe now at this point, arguably. But um, what would your ideal replacement for the NMH deal had been? Because if your one listener says that your reason for voting against sounds fairly watery, so they're wondering then what would your preferred alternative have been? Well, I think if we look at where we... <sighs> If you look at five years ago, we were being told, oh, no, we can't possibly CPO the land uh, because it would take five years. So if we had started when these things were first raised as concerns years ago, we could have got through it. So I think so the you would like have advocated a CPO now. I think that certainly would have been should have been considered. Yeah. And I think also there, there was talk of the codicil in relation to the concerns uh, that were being raised about, about access. Legally permissible. Yeah, the, clinically the, appropriate, excuse clinically me, appropriate, and that was a perfectly you know the the codicil suggested by Fianna Gael TDs was mm. a perfectly workable solution, you know that would not have required any uh, significant reworking of an agreement that wouldn't have that would have been very legally possible and actually legally binding. Um, there are some people who think maybe mischievously, maybe somewhat cynically, that. The likes of yourself or, or Nasa Harrigan or others who voted against the government this week were only looking for some excuse to finally leave the fold because you might not have been natural supporters of coalition in the first place. You don't think that some of these mitigations are, are worthy of taking, that you're looking for a route out. You're in the middle of, this is a kind of a surreal sentence to say, but you're in the middle of a Supreme Court case against your own government, which is pretty unusual for a government TD as well. Were you just looking for an opportunity to jump ship? No, because if there were, if I wanted an opportunity to jump ship, there were plenty of other opportunities before this to go. Um, I am a, a member of the Green Party. We are in government and we are achieving a lot of things in terms of climate change. And I'm here to try and support that. And, you know, if it was just about leaving, I could have gone a lot easier and a lot sooner. You know, um, like and in terms of the CETA challenge, like obviously I don't want to talk too much about mm, that. It's still before the courts. It's still yeah. before the courts. We have an extra hearing scheduled, so it's still wide open. But again, that's addressing a fundamental constitutional issue, a deep, deep legal question. And I think that's, you know, everyone should be asking that question mm. and not just... Well, that is still before the courts. We won't ask you too much about the political handling of all of that. Um, a few texts and tweets coming in. A lot of them, must be said, are, are supportive of you. Someone says, as a party member, I have so much respect for Patrick and NASA for holding firm. I'm disappointed with the sanction and I feel it was much too harsh, particularly for Patrick as a first time offence. How it was communicated to them was so disrespectful. Neil says, thank you for listening to people's concerns over the hospital deal, examining and taking the stance that you did for which you gained nothing. Uh, and someone texts in with a question saying, is the Green Party supporting this government still democratically conscionable when a poll shows that Sinn Féin have more support from the people than Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil combined? Well, I think that this is, you know, the only poll that really matters, is the, as, the, as they say, is the election itself. You know, we have elected a government and if the government has its mandate from the last election and that mandate continues until the next election. So, yeah, I do. Th that's that's how our system works. Yeah, uh, That election obviously still possibly two and a half years away or more, but you'd still intend to contest that election as a Green Party TD? 
Absolutely. As a Green Party TD? Absolutely, yes. and, and when the time comes for you to be able to reapply, you'd like to be able to do that? Yes. I, I said that at the very beginning, yeah. Does... A final question for you. Do you think that the idea of a six-month suspension is is this almost meant to be a, a shot across the bows to other Green Party TDs who might have concerns about other votes coming up or, or might it even have been a case of trying to placate the other coalition partners given that they would worry that the Greens last time around two months speaking suspension during summer recess barely punishment at all that the stability of the government requires more than that? Um, well, look, I said from the very beginning that I would accept the consequences of my actions and the, the, the suspension is that, you know, and I th- like I think this was entirely an internal Green Party matter. It was handled by the Green Party for the reasons, for their own reasons and their own ways. You know, um, I think you would have to talk to someone who was in the meeting uh, if you want more detail. <laughs> Uh, but you'd like to be back sitting at Green Party parliamentary meetings obviously before the end of the year. That's my intention, yes. Uh, thank you for coming in and talking to us this lunchtime because I know it's a very uh, emotionally difficult thing to talk about for any party member to be subject of disciplinary measures in, in any such way. So do appreciate you coming on this lunchtime. Uh, Green thank Party you. TD, uh, Green Party TD, as you'd say yourself, uh, for Dublin uh, South Central. Uh, Patrick Costello speaking to us at this lunchtime. On the record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PWC. Sunday morning at 11 on News Talk.